Have you been the victim of unfair treatment by a business or a corporation? Has this ever happened to you? Will be the baby of the year. Hello and welcome to the Turbo Team Podcast. We hope this episode finds you well and in good health. I am your host, Jake Brend. With me today, Alex Powell and Ben Neeson. How are you fellas tonight? I'm in good health, but I'm not well. Thank you for asking. Jason, Jason Schwartzman. Thank good you, Jason. You, Thank you, Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> so today we finally watched Scott Pilgrim versus the World Alex is <laughs> most hated movie of all time, and Ben. I hate it. I hate it. You genuinely hate it, only because I love it, and, and that's the only reason I don't want to listen to anything else. It's one of my favorite comedies and one of my favorite movies of all time, but I don't hold it as high esteem as Ben does. So it's oh going to be it's going to be quite the uh, difference of reviews tonight. But before we do that, never mind. We're just going to get into the review right now. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about something, something, but. Uh, I'm curious to hear what Alex's thoughts on the movie are. That's kind of what I've been anticipating all day. So, Alex, what were your initial thoughts on watching Scott Pilgrim vs. the World for the first time? Actually, I know what I was going to say. Ben, would you like to take us through your synopsis of the film after I read off the cast? Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World came out in 2010, directed by Edgar Wright, starring Michael Sarah, Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and... Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, Jason Schwartzman, Allison Pill, Ellen Wong. Just Chris a lot Adams. of people. Bill Hader. I already said Chris. Wait, Adams. who did Bill Hader play? He played the narrator. Oh. Oh, wait, I knew that. Macaulay Culkin's brother. Dude, Kieran kills it. Okay. Um <laughs> uh thanks for the cast, Jake. Um, I'm doing this uh synopsis off the top and dome I should be able to know it. Jake, you forgot the most important guy. Fellow Iowan, Brandon Routh. Where's he from? He played Superman. He's from Norwalk. He's oh, yeah. from Norwalk. Yeah. He played soccer with Jason Momoa in high school. Who was he in this movie? He was Todd. He's vegan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Superman was in this movie. All right, Ben, take us to the synopsis. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jake. Um, Scott Pilgrim, he's a total early 20s loser, um, bouncing around from girlfriend to girlfriend after his heart is crushed by a mysterious girlfriend that shall not be named. Currently um, dating a high schooler, uh, Scott Pilgrim accidentally falls in love at first sight with the literal girl of his dreams, Ramona Flowers. Um, after beginning to date with Ramona, he becomes into he begins to run into a conundrum when he is um, having to force between um, staying with Ramona and breaking up with his high school girlfriend, which he refuses to do up until a point where it's too late and she admits there's love for him and then he breaks her heart. Um, literal but, high school girlfriend. Literal, yeah. She was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, after discovering uh, this, after beginning to date Ramona, he is attacked by the League of Evil Exes. Um, seven um, evil ex- ex- exes um, of Ramona's. You're not ex-boyfriends. I, I caught myself there. Um, uh, exes of Ramona's who um, all line up to battle Scott throughout the duration of the film, which is also linear to the Battle of the Bands um, tournament of which his band is a part of. So there are lots of battles, um, lots of uh, musical numbers, 
And then he ends up facing the head producer, um, Gideon, the final and most biggest ex uh, in Ramona's life. <laughs> the most biggest ex. The most biggest. <laughs> this is, is off funny, of IMDb. He, he's probably the smallest ex out of all of them. Uh, no, uh, Matthew probably is the first one. Yeah, fuck yeah. a Matthew. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, he decides that he's going to fight Gideon, but he dies during the battle. Um, but from a previous life that he had earned earlier in the uh, movie, he takes advantage of that and returns to fight Gideon for himself instead of for Ramona. Um, he is victorious from Ramona and Knives' help, and he kills them and ends up dating Ramona and trying again without the X's. Rip. Man's just read the whole comic book. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> yeah, you got it. So now I'm going to ask Alex, what were your initial thoughts on the movie after being refreshed of the entire synopsis? Uh, before I go in, let's play a quick game. My favorite game. Guess Come the Rotten Tomatoes. Guess the Rotten Tomato score. This is a dumb. Uh, it's it's probably 82%. like seven. It's like seventy three, probably a- 82, 84 Uh, audience score. Anyway, Ooh, good pick by the Jaguars. Okay, so what I thought of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It was a movie starring Michael Sarah. No, just kidding. Um, nobody, <laughs> appreci- <laughs> nobody, appreciated-, nobody appreciated that. Uh, Scott Pilgrim is a fast-paced action comedy. Um, it's a it's a it's a good romance score. It doesn't really let you breathe, and when it does, it's for a comedic effect. I remember specifically one scene where, um, right after Jason Schwartzman kills Michael Sarah and he's getting ready to leave again, it's this fast pace of him getting ready, him getting ready, him getting ready. Cut thirty-second scene of him tying his shoes. Uh, thirty-second shot of him tying his shoes. So it's a very very fast-paced movie. It's almost two hours. Um, like I said, it doesn't let you breathe through a whole thing in a good way. It's a very well done. You can tell Edgar Wright really this was his passion project. I understand why Ben likes it because I understand why Ben likes La La Land. It's it's I, I wouldn't say this is a perfect film, but it's close to it. It's very you can tell it's a passion project of Edgar Wright. Um, it, it's a good romance school. It's a it's at at this at down deep. If you want to break it down, it's a fun movie. It, there's nothing. <laughs> this movie doesn't take itself too seriously. Doesn't do anything big or dramatic. It's just fun. And I think that's what makes it so enjoyable. I think that's why Jake likes it so much. I think that's why Ben likes it so much. Well, I know why Ben likes it because Ramona Flowers is his dream girl and he enjoys indie music. That is not accurate whatsoever. But <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's a really it was a really good movie. I know I kind of was putting it off because when I wanted to watch it, I wanted to give it its full attention because I knew how much you guys talked so good so great about it. I just thought the bit of me saying it sucked without seeing it was funny. Um, I know. Did, I, 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 I knew very it. Mad. I was waiting. <laughs> I knew that was a bit and I was just waiting for the anticipation because you've refused to watch this half out of spite for me and half for giving it your full attention. No, it was fully just because I wanted to really focus when I watched it anyway. Um, yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Would I say it's one of my favorite films? Would I say it's one of my favorite comedies? No. Would I watch it again? Absolutely. I think it's probably going to take a couple more watches before I fully get how where it sits on my all-time list of comedies movies whatever but initial reaction i really enjoyed it um there's a lot to like about it a huge a huge great cast um also the music's really good in it the uh i've seen the part where brie larson scenes fucking black sheep like 20 times i've seen that more than i've seen that <laughs> like a thousand times not this because i like TikTok. brie larson not because I like Brie Larson, not because of TikTok, not because I like Brandon Routh, but because <laughs> I think their cover is really good. I think the song's really good in it. Um, yeah, it was a good movie. I, I have a lot to a lot to say about it. Uh, a lot of good things to say about it. Not a lot of negatives, surprisingly. I didn't think I was going to have any, but 
uh, when I'm watching a movie, I look for a lot of the negatives, seeing what makes this movie not a perfect movie. It's hard for me to find one with this. Um, it's really well done. I really enjoyed it. So I hope that's what you were looking for, Ben. Uh, it's kind of subtle, but I'll get all, all uh, edgy for details after this. We have a whole podcast to get deep into it. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off and say uh, you were wrong when you said you don't like Brie Larson. That's just stupid. But, uh... I, I like Brie Larson. I didn't say that. Oh, I thought you said not because I like Brie Larson. <laughs> Well, I like Brie Larson, but that's not uh, why I've watched that so much. Okay, I, I, I didn't like the her, her cover of the song is really good. I really no, like, it I like it better than the original. Yeah, she's actually a singer too, so which is why. Yeah, her solo music's not very good. So <laughs> I, I mean, this is my second time watching this. I watched it for the first time during I don't know one of like my seven different quarantines, <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I think I felt very similar to Alex, where like there wasn't any glaring negatives, but. Um, it wasn't like a movie that I was like, wow, wow, wow. I really want to go watch that. But then similar almost to my experience with La La Land, where I just felt like it was good. The second time I watched it, I was really able to appreciate just like how good it is. And yeah. one thing that I really noticed that in was obviously with all the performances, they're able to tie in a pretty big cast um, before a lot of these people became well known. But there's just a lot of big names in this movie that even though Brie Larson has probably less than five minutes of screen time, she still felt like a, excuse me, like a huge main character. Uh, all the performances are good. I really noticed just the cutting and the editing in this so much more, mainly because I knew what was going on. I knew what the story was. So I was able to notice more of the like text images popping up throughout the movie. I was able to notice like uh, just more of the wit that came through that because that, that was one of the most creative parts of the movie that, that's what draws this away from other movies and makes it unique was just uh, tying it between a video game, tying it between a movie, tying it in between a comic book. It does it all seamlessly and it's really brilliant by Edgar Wright. And they do that with the cuts that um, make it seem like you're playing Mortal Kombat one moment. And then another cut where, uh, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of, uh, I think it's when knives, uh, walks into like the final battle and then it's just her face and then like the entire background just blacks out and then it's just her face like that shot was yeah. just brilliant and the fact that it does that one second and then it's an animated comic book of um, panels of him losing his um um sadness over knives and it turns into infatuation over ramona exactly and then yeah. that just like the subtle difference between that and then Ramona's background with all of her boyfriends just like the animated comic book that it does when ex when uh, Bill Hader is narrating her past it's just it's incredible how just like vastly different shots in this movie are and how it all fits into one cohesive fun uh, heartfelt I would say entertaining story that really like keeps you in it the more and I th I thought because some movies, if you know what happens, you're just a little less interested in. I did not feel like that at all this movie. Like, I still felt not on the edge of my seat, but just very engaged in the story, very engaged in all the details. So it's just a it's a great film by Edgar Wright. And that's not like that's me not even mentioning any of the humor and comedy, which I thought obviously is one of the best parts of it. Oh, yeah. I uh, 
It reminds I like what you said about that, Jake, where it, it it doesn't remind me of Superbad, but in a way, like, you know how the movie's going to end, but the movie in, in La La Land in a way, too, where you know how the movie's going to end, but everything from the beginning to the end is so fun to watch that you don't care if you know what the ending is because you're going to enjoy the spirit experience anyway, you know? Um, this is a movie where, like, I've had, like, girls ask if I want to put it on or something, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm like, no, I don't want to because I really want to pay attention the first time I watch it. That sounded worse than it, it actually is but um because i actually want to watch it now that i watch it this is a movie where you can just put on not pay attention after you watch and every time you look at every time you actually look at the screen and pay attention for a minute you're interested because it's a, such a fun fast-paced film that something is always happening there's never a second where nothing is happening um yeah it was really enjoyable i think the idea that uh brandon <laughs> that like Ramona is dating Michael Sarah and who her past exes are literally Superman and Captain America, um, who are both cool dudes. Uh, All right. Yeah, hit the Marvel button. Um, did that right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it's really enjoyable. Um, I-, I liked it. There's a lot to like about it. Uh, I never got the Ramona Flowers, like why everyone liked her, and then I watched this movie, and now I'm like, maybe I could use a Ramona Flowers, you know? You're not supposed to need a Ramona Flowers. Yeah, but there's something about her. <laughs> okay. Can Ben go now? Ben, Ben go. Actually, no. Ben can't go. So. I love what this movie. Like oh my movie? god. <laughs> it is so good. Uh, it's my entire personality. Um, you would know that. Yes, we know. Yeah. Um. So everything about it is so good. I mean, not everything. I'll get to that in a sec. But I can forgive everything about it because it's so good at what it is. Um, It's sensory overload to the highest degree uh, with constant jokes, uh, the video game aesthetics, and multitudes of pop culture references that somehow work very well. Like the little Seinfeld bit. Like, did you guys think that was funny? (laughs) That's one thing I don't think I noticed the first. I, I guess I probably noticed it the first time, but I didn't remember that from the movie. Alex, that was one thing that I just picked up, and I thought worked seamlessly. Did what? you think the Did you think the Seinfeld bit was funny? Where was the Seinfeld bit? At? It was like it was like it's like for a minute in like the middle of the movie. It, it's yeah, just, yeah, but uh, what part was it? I don't. Um, it's just, uh, it's just after after his second date around. with Ramona. They had the base. They had the base in it, didn't they? Yeah. The. Yeah. The yeah. pick. There's like all the cheesy laugh tracks and stuff. Yeah, 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 I know that part. Yeah, that's funny. The funny, honestly, the funniest <laughs> part for to that. Me, the entire part, the part that literally made me laugh out loud for like thirty seconds was, uh, it was the scene where like she's like, "Oh, I love garlic bread." He's like, "Oh, I could eat it forever." And then she's like, "Well, you know, it makes you fat." And he's like, "How does it make you fat?" And she's like, "Well, bread makes you fat." And he's like, "Bread makes you fat." And then it cuts. It's like twenty minutes later, and he's like, "I wrote a song for you." <laughs> <laughs> that, and then that she, can't, me, she can't hear the rest of it that made me laugh out loud she's like what's it called he's like ramona and he's like <laughs> and those are all the lyrics <laughs> yeah she's like no can't wait for it's finished he's like finished <laughs> yeah anyway i'll we'll geek out about that in a sec let me finish um but anyways there's so many pop culture references it's insane um the sound is like wild because they use video game like aesthetics with different jingles and things in the background as well as using lots of different audio effects which come out amazing and like uh, jake said uh the editing is superb it's so perfect and it completely services the story because the like the editing provides a narrative function throughout the movie even though a lot of people chalk it up as style personally i think it's entertaining as hell as well as providing a very solid narrative function function 
um, like the disorientation Scott feels after he sees Ramona at the library because he's like completely blanked out. Um, and then he's not even paying attention because it cuts quickly between band practice and he has no idea what's happening there. And then it cuts quickly to him walking to a party and he has no idea what's happening there. It shows the disorientation and the like spin, the upward spiral that he's in after seeing Ramona in person after having the dream about her. Um, it's wild. And also the three, two, one arcade game fake outs are excellent where like they're at the arcade and the machine is counting down to one and uh, she asked if he'd want to continue and there's lots of dramatic pause and there's counting down and you feel like he's about to say no and break up with her and then it cuts to him playing guitar at band practice and he's playing something super sad and you assume that they broke up or something but then knives jumps out of everywhere jumps out of nowhere and then you realize oh scott's a dick he's procrastinating this even more so the editing is insane um, the backstory and content is filled with quippy is absolutely chock full, even though it's going a mile out a minute with like whip crack dialogue, which is excellent. Um, Edgar Wright and Brian O'Malley, uh, the author of the graphic novel, both teamed up to write this and it turned out amazing. And yeah, um, what else can I say? The entire cast is insane. Like it's incredible how many people they got into this film and how excellent they all are. I can't picture anyone being anyone else. The only real negative is that Anna Kendrick seems like older than Michael Sarah in this, which is kind of funny. Dude, but everyone's going to seem older than Michael Sarah. Anna Kendrick's supposed to be four years younger than Michael Sarah, but <laughs> oh, looks so funny. two years older than him. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, Wallace is the best character ever. I love Kieran Culkin. Shout out Succession. Yeah. Preview of, preview of later in this episode. Um, Actually, oh yeah. Um, can I talk now? Just kidding. No. Uh, yeah, I think Michael Sarah Michael Sarah's character in this is really interesting. Um, obviously starts off with his name like Scott Pilgrim, unique name. Um, <laughs> like who, whose last name is Pilgrim? Anyway, I think first off, you guys keep calling this a comic book. To me, it's more of an anime. Like yes. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim is my favorite anime. Um, it, there's, I think it is more of an anime than it is a comic book in a way. Because when you think comic book, you think you know Batman, Superman, Marvel, DC, whatever. When I see this, I don't think comic book. I think, oh, this is what anime is. I don't watch anime, but I've seen anime, and this is what this is what it reminds me of. Um, also, I like the idea. I don't know if this is like fan theory or whatever, but I like the idea that this is all happening in Scott's head. Like this is Scott's view of what's happening. Like he doesn't see like. Oh, this is her ex-boyfriend. He's like, oh, I gotta fight this guy now to win this girl's heart or something like that. Or, you know, I, I like to think everything's dramatized because this is how Scott views the world in this very creative way. Cause I don't know if you guys do it, but sometimes I'll, you know, view stuff like that. Not like a I'm in the <laughs> fucking action anime movie, but just like just like uh Yeah, the, when you dramatic when you dramatize things on yeah, purpose yeah. for entertainment so like, in your own head. I don't like. I don't know if this is the idea behind the movie. If this was Edgar Wright's initial vision or whatever, but I like to imagine this whole movie is just taking place in Scott's head, and this is our us looking at Scott's view of the world, and how things are like, uh, like how like how when the girl's like, "Oh, your hair's shaggy," and he like he cuts to him in the next scene, he's wearing a hat now because he's trying to cover his hair. <laughs> Not like, even the next that doesn't scene happen. Like he probably <laughs> put the hat on like a minute or two, whatever, because he got self conscious about it. But in Scott's mind, like she says, "Oh, your hair's shaggy," and all of a sudden there's a hat on my head. You know. So I like to think of it as that way where this, cause it's called Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So 
I think the idea that this is Scott, how Scott views the world and now he's always thinking like he needs to fight off everything to win the girl of his dreams, to make his band famous, to, you know, just succeed, become a better person or whatever. I think it's super interesting. I also like the character development we see between Scott Pilgrim throughout this entire movie where he kind of comes off as a douche in a way, you know, he's 20, he, he, 22 dude. years old. He's dating a high school. He's kind of full of himself. He kind of thinks that he, you know, he's the main character, which in this case he is. But in, if you, if you're viewing the movie as real life, then he's not, he's just another guy that we're following around to view his daily thing or whatever it takes place in weeks, months, whatever. Anyway, I like the character development because he's not a douchey guy. He's just super self-confident and it comes off as, you know, he's just being a douche. But in reality, he doesn't fully understand how to act in certain situations because he doesn't mean to do it. He, it's just an accident, but it comes off douchey. Yeah, I, um, I really like the character development where you, where you see him and he's like, oh, this is how I better myself, you know? And we really, by the end of the movie, he gains his self-confidence. He gain, he understands who he is as a person. He's, you know, growing. I think it's really interesting to watch. Um, to second your point about it being a real life anime, um, absolute uh, weeaboo, um, Curran Wadley um, had mentioned when we were watching this how accurate it is to a real life anime. And I think you're right with that, with the crash zooms and the little motion blur graphics that like that are drawn in throughout the films and during the fight scenes. I mean, I think that's like exactly right. And especially all the paneling that it does throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, Scott Pilgrim, he gives hope to incels everywhere. Um, he has immediate character building throughout, like with his insecurity being um, established very early on. Like as soon as he opens the door with knives and he says, please be good. It's like yeah. <laughs> um, there's obvious um, selfishness throughout, like when he's oblivious to um, um, how he's acting and how he's hurt Kim, for example. And he's just like completely unaware of that. And there's visible anxiety given from like each individual person in a specific way. Every time he's around someone, whether it's around Wallace, uh, whether it's around Julie or whether it's around Ramona, obviously. And I think it's like very interesting and like it's sort of an undertone douchey performance on purpose. And I think he kills it. I think you can break down to where you said I, I, I think at the end of the day, Scott Pilgrim is just a guy with a ton of anxiety. And that very shows who's, it throughout who's, the also, movie. who's also a douche. Well, like I said before, I, I th- he is a douche, but I don't think he means to be. Some guys are douches, and they like being douches, and they mean <laughs> to be a douche. I don't think Scott's. I think he's accidentally a douche, if that's possible. Uh, to, I think I'm accidentally douchey sometimes. You know, I think I can everyone's be, accidentally a douche sometimes. I'm feeling yeah, that a lot this week. Yeah, and I in I think it all stems from Scott's just anxiety being insane. And throughout the movie, we kind of see him kind of learn to live with it, and you know, kind of break free of this cage that he's in with the anxiety. I think it's super interesting to watch. But then again, they, like we, like I said before, we're breaking down this deeply. This movie isn't that. It probably no, can't it be is. that deep. It is. It can't be that deep. But this is a fun movie. We're making it sound like it's this okay. big, like meant like this big scientific breakdown and viewing of this guy with men, with a strong anxiety that just takes over his entire life and you know makes him un, uh, unappeasable to other people. That's not the case. It's just a fun movie. But you can dig a little deeper to it and really dig into the character <laughs> development of all of them, you know. Okay, uh, to get we back haven't to even the gotten f- to Ramona yet, which well, I bet we will. But anyway, I mean, what what is there uh, to get back to the fun questions? Like you said, um, what was your guys' favorite song, Jake? Black, you Black Sheep. Uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's yeah, Black Sheep. <laughs> I think it's just the most catchy. There's I, a full I, I, version I, on YouTube band, really when good. the band does it, not when uh. Well, yeah. Also by the actual band. Yeah, when when the band does it, not when uh, what's her face, Brie Larson sings it. Um, no, but 
Personally, I really love Threshold. I mean, Black Sheep's amazing, but Threshold, that song when they're um, battling the two EDM guys, mm-hmm. I thought that was, I, I love that song. That was yeah, really you good. You seem like a guy that would like that song. Okay. Scared out. Ben, what's your, what's your favorite scene? And Alex, for that matter. <sighs> That's hard. Um, come back to me. Give it to Alex. Mine's probably, honestly, it's probably the Black Sheep thing. And I think, I seen, I think it's because of the song mainly, but also it's very anxiety inducing, you know, but when it, the, the, every time the, the drums and the car, guitar go down really loudly, it cuts to a different person. Like it cut to, to, uh, to, uh, I forgot the character. Oh, Todd's face. It cuts to Brie Larson's face. It cuts to Michael Sarah's face. It cuts to Ramona Flowers' face. And like it's them together and now everyone's glaring at each other, you know, and I think it's very anxiety inducing. It's really, there's a rising action in a way building up to the final fight between Todd and uh, Scott Pilgrim, you know? So I, I really like that scene. I, I would have, I think it would have been a really good ending scene. I'm not, I think the Jason Schwartz at the ending scene was really good too, but like this was a felt my, I guess this kind of gets into my negatives. It felt like it may be a little too big for the middle of the movie. If that makes sense. Like it doesn't need to be this extravagant for the middle of a movie. Um, this seems like something that could be towards the end, but that being said, black I sheep? loved it. Yeah, the black sheep scene. Oh, okay. It feels like something towards the end of the movie. Um, that being said, it's not a big <laughs> negative. It doesn't take away anything from the movie. I still really liked it. It's probably my favorite scene. I think my favorite scene is the one where he was dreaming of flowers or whatever her name is. Uh, I'm Ramona. Like the final first time, or no, the first time. So like the first time he saw her, that wasn't at the party. <laughs> when he was dreaming of her and then it cut to him actually seeing her. And then it just like was like four different scenes all in like what seemed like 45 seconds. I thought yeah. that was like the most captivating scene. And one of the ones that made me just think more like just because of the oh, editing yeah, was insane. The editing that. was insane. And then it just made me think like, what is going through Scott's head right now? Uh, because it, it was pretty much just deja vu in an anime slash comic book slash movie slash video game. And I thought that that was really compelling and interesting uh, just to think about, especially something that close to the beginning of the movie. That's fair. Um, Do you guys want to get, I'll get, into, I'll get into it a bit or go ahead, Ben. Never mind. I'll, I'll get into it into a sec, um, but I love the first act so much. It's like my favorite act of any movie ever. And that includes the third act of La La Land. Um, I think it's insane. And yeah, my favorite scene is uh, at their first performance before they even start playing and before they get in the fight. Just the dialogue between all of the characters all in that one room at that first show. Um, the Crash and the Boys, uh, Jimmy, um, <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, the boyfriend, and then interacting with uh, Wallace and then Knives and Ramona like nervously talking. And then Scott just freaking out as well as um, Steven, the talent, also freaking out. I think everything about that scene is amazing. It has some of my best lines. Um, uh, is that girl a boy, too? Um, I love that. <laughs> uh, yes, <yeah>. she is. <laughs> yes. This one goes out to the guy heckling us on the balcony. <laughs> it's like, we hate you. We hate you so very much. Sweet is my favorite. Um, but no. I love it. You want, to, you want to talk about Ramona Flowers a little bit? I feel like we've kind of skimmed over her. I mean, she's a pretty important character in this entire movie. Well, what do you have to say? I just pers- think, I personally, think I don't have a whole lot, but I mean, you go ahead. I think her character is kind of interesting where, like at the end, like the, I guess it kind of comes to the ending. Did you like, 
there's a like the ending flips like three times where it's like, oh, he's gonna end up with Ramona. Oh, he's ending up with knives. Oh, he's ending up with Ramona now. Like it's kind of confusing. So I guess number one, do you guys think they? Because we we talk about we compare this kind of to La La Land in a way. <laughs> where in La La Land they don't end up together, and we're it's it's heartbreaking because these are these two clearly people that like love like deserve each other and they're perfect for each other or whatever, but they don't end up together. What do you do, what do you think of that's between Scott Pilgrim and Ramona Flowers? Do you think they should have ended up together? Do you think they're probably not good together? Like, do you guys have any opinions on that or whatever? I mean, personally, I felt like Scott was chasing Ramona the entire time. And it doesn't seem like a long lasting option at all. Like what Scott had said, she said, it's just really nice right now. And that's what I need. And then Scott says, need right now, but not later. Relatable. But it's something that was sort of funny throughout. And I think that like it kind of showed how he was chasing her and she was kind of out of his reach and they were on different levels, but just kind of had this odd connection throughout. So personally, I don't see it like lasting like in the Seb and Mio way, but I think that, I mean, totally. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> they, uh, the original ending actually had Scott ending up with knives, but uh, test audiences hated that. So they had to reshoot it. So he ended up with Ramona. <laughs> See, I was thinking, so that's funny because I was thinking it and I was like, oh, he's going to end up with Ramona. That's, that's like kind of nice. You know, even if they are maybe not good for each other in the long run. And then it flips for like a couple, for like a minute or two where it's like, oh, he's ended up with knives. And I, I was thinking, I was like, that, that does, that's not right. Like, I don't like that, you know? And then he ends up ending up with Ramona again. And I'm like, well, maybe they're not good for each other, you know? So, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I would see why test audiences wouldn't like that. Honestly, I wouldn't like it. So. What Jake, do you have any opinions on anything? Rat out of my heart. Oh, sorry, that's my wrong song. Uh, wrong movie. Uh, no, I I think I personally liked Scott Pilgrim ending up with uh, Ramona in this scenario for the reason of it seemed like Knives. Well, Knives was treated completely unfairly, and to see the character development at the end of her push him towards Ramona. I got that showed character development through someone who didn't necessarily get it that much. Um, Knives was always just kind of a throwaway, not throwaway, but she was always just kind of the, the bridge for Scott to have a, his first girlfriend in the movie, whatever, to have something in the final battle for the most part. And to see her have like that character defining moment to be like, yeah, I really like you a lot. And like, I love you, but you should go for who you actually like and who you actually love. And I thought that that was a more, very thing. more mature than Scott ever was throughout. Yeah, more mature, and I think just a rewarding ending to the story in the movie. Like it, it wouldn't have made sense if he ended up with knives. Like it would have been fair to knives, but it wouldn't have made sense towards Scott's character uh, at all. So yeah, I, I think I like the the ending that they went with. But I'd be interested to see the alternate ending, like exactly how it went down, how he ended up with knives, just to just to compare. Personally, Alex, I don't see the interaction with Ramona and Ramona in relation to Scott's life as an entirely um, like life-changing event. I don't see them like staying together for everything like that. I just feel I, like yeah, I don't it's, yeah. it's like it's like his like you said his dream girl when he's in his early twenties and down on himself. Um, and not to continuously quote um, colored hair manic pixie dream girls from uh, mid two thousands movies. But uh, in a quote from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and I'm quoting it exactly, um, Clementine told uh, Joel, um, I'm just a fucked up girl looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign me yours. So I've kind of seen that 
exactly in the same context of this and Ramona and Scott. Yeah, I think definitely the idea behind the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is like, like, yeah, she might have all the qualities you want, but like, she's not the long-term answer, you know? Like, you, you can chase her all you want. She's not going to be, you know, who you end up with, so. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, do you have anything else you wanted to say about Ramona? Or uh, no, like, go actually. Well, see, so I guess to quick, be quick. The, the Ramona character, I really, I think they should have ended up together, even if it's not going to end in the long term. Unlike La La Land, where they're definitely like, if they ended up together, <laughs> they're spending the rest of their lives together. This is, if they end up together, they're not gonna, they're not gonna make it. But they're in the early twenties. They're still kind of figuring out who they are in a way in the real world. Like it's a good relationship for them to kind of get to know each other, but also like, no, you're not going to end up together, you know? So I think a lot of, I think at least everybody needs that kind of relationship just because I think it helps personal growth. Anyway, going back to kind of what Jake was talking about with knives, I think the most underrated character development in this entire thing, the most realistic character arc was knives. Um, When we first meet her, she's a 17 year old. She's just, she's like hanging out with older people. She's dating an older guy. You know, she's still in high school. She's like, she goes to a private Catholic school, like like Michael Sarah said, like Scott says, like she's not allowed out past like uh, like sundown or yeah sunset, sunset or whatever like that. So she's very sheltered. She's very like wide eyed in the real world. And by the time the end of the movie comes around, she's kind of figured out who she is. In even if she's still in love with Scott, she's matured enough to realize I still love him, but I'm not the one he loves. I might as well let him go after the one that he he loves. You know. And I think her character development is so realistic in the way where kind of when you are 17, you do kind of don't fully understand the real world. At least I'm speaking for personal experience. When I was 17, I was very um, naive, I guess to say. Now, being in college, I'm only two years older. I'm only 19, um, 20 in May. Uh, but, <laughs> for anyone who's listening. <laughs> but, but like I have matured a lot. You know, I moved two states away. I'm going to college. I'm meeting new people. Like I've okay. matured a lot. And I think it's being around all these older people all the time and really getting out of, you know, the hometown of Indianola, Iowa and experiencing real, real world. And I think in a way, Knives character arc is the most realistic out of everybody's because I think a lot of people can relate to that. You you don't really grow until you get out of your comfort zone. And I think while Michael Sarah more grows because he realizes who he is, Ramona kind of grows because she realizes kind of who she is in a way. I think, I think, um, Nyes really grows because she's experiencing new experiences and she's kind of knowing her place as to the other two. They're kind of finding out who they are, if that makes any sense at all. Um, so I really like that character arc, even if it is kind of undertone throughout the whole movie. Um, that's well, that's about kinda- all I have to say. She accepts the sort of like, I mean, obviously the lost nature of Scott because he's busy um, chasing after Ramona throughout the entire thing. And he kind of blows her off. And it's really graceful of her to just um, be accepting and even help him out at the end. It goes through that whole point. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Nothing. I mean, that was that was pretty much it. I mean, I was just very mature and like the only good person in the entire movie. <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah, and it goes to that whole thing where like she's dying her hair to kind of be like the girl that you know Michael want that you know Scott wants, and it ends up like she's not a dyed hair girl. She still cuts her hair short. Like that's who she is. That's like the kind of person she is. But like it helped her find out who she is. And I thought that was really really um, interesting and not heartwarming, but like really nice to see. Kind of as a side plot throughout the whole movie is really nice becoming who she is. 
Alex and I have been running this. Jake, you got any thoughts? Yeah, Jake, you're being really quiet. You go on a 20-minute tangent right now. Oh, boy, a 20-minute tangent. Here we go. Well, I, I really just agree with everything that's been said. But for me, just the bottom line, this is just a fun movie. Yeah, like, exactly. It the, From start to finish, the story is completely engaging. All the humor hits. Like, there's nothing... With movies that rely a lot on pop, pop culture and that rely on a lot of references, it can be really easy for those to become outdated and cringy to to an extent. And I don't think there's any of that in this film. I, I think everything that worked when this was released in 2010 by Edgar Wright still works today. And And I would put this movie in like a top three or top five of just like movies that I want to sit down and not have to think too much about and just have a good time. Like I, yep. I think um, I was watching it just this morning with a few of my friends at college and we'd all seen it before except one guy. And it was just like one of those movies where uh, no one was tired of it. One said that he watched it like three days ago and watched it the week before that and was completely down to watch it. Like, and I think that's the type of movie it is where, it's just a good time, and while while it's a good time, it has a lot of the deep narratives and a lot of the deep emotions that um, we've already discussed. So I think that's what really draws this apart from most comedies for me is just that not only do the jokes continue to hit, and I guess you discover more jokes each, each time you watch, but I think the story gets deeper and more engaging the more times you watch it. And I think for me... Um, this is this is probably different for everyone, but for the majority of comedies, I find they seem like if you rewatch it, you're just rewatching for the jokes. You're not really rediscovering anything about the characters or something like that. And that's why I really like a comedy like The Nice Guys or something like that. St- something that's a little deeper than um the average comedy. So I think it really fits into that narrative of uh, it, there's a lot of moods you could watch this in. You could watch it if you're already in a good mood. You could watch it if you're down and sad. You could watch it if you're stressed to um, just be able to laugh a little bit. So I would highly recommend this film to anyone who hasn't seen it. It's on Netflix and it. Yeah, that that's about my review of it. It's uh, it's perfect at almost everything that it tries to do, mainly because it doesn't take itself too seriously. All the hype is worth it. And like you said, it uh, works for any mood. Unlike I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, which only fits one mood. <laughs> yeah, which is, gi- is which is hilarious. Which is given up in good times. <laughs> which has been given up. In my defense: I watched that when I was sick with COVID. So that's not a defense. Yes, it is. I had a lot no, of time. On, I had a lot of time on my hands, and for some reason, there was no that's, good comedies at all on Netflix. Are you kidding? October, so. Are you kidding? You know websites. That movie has is low key, like has a good message about <laughs> it. Low key. What? what? Watch I've now pronounced you Chuck and Larry and not think it's a Never. little heartwarming when the two guys that have been saying the F slur the whole movie start to say, hey, that's not cool, you know, because <laughs> they fake a gay marriage. I'm, I'm Tell glad, me that I'm isn't glad Kevin anymore. James went through that character arc. No, it was, Michael, it was Adam Sandler more than anybody. Okay. I don't care. Anyway, you guys have any negatives? Um. Uh. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to negatives just a second. I just want to list off my favorite. I want to. Do you guys have any favorite jokes from the movie? Like you, you said, the bread that. one. My, that, no, my, other... no, not not the bread one leading up to it where it cuts. He's like, oh, bread makes yeah, you yeah. fat. And then he's like, I wrote you this song. Is immediately the next thing you do. <laughs> uh, any other favorites, Jake or Alex? I do, but I'm 
honestly just completely blanking on all of them. Oh, okay. there was there was a couple times where I laughed out loud, but I can't uh, think of that one. The the joke where his roommate, what what's his roommate's name? Uh, Wallace. Wallace. Yeah, Wallace. When uh, when uh, Scott tells Wallace that he cheated on knives, and then Wallace is like, "Wow, how could you do that?" And then it just cuts to like his. <laughs> Uh, the guy that he's cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was my favorite. He's like, hey, double standard. Yeah. The, uh, like, oh, uh, the rules for gay change or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember the like, exact quote. <laughs> or the 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 rules for gay isn't written or something like that. I like that was that was probably the hardest I laughed. Be there's, careful how you try to remember it. There's kind of a rest of development in a way where like they're really good at keeping uh-huh. the running jokes, you know. Um. Yeah. Um, I made a list this time when I went through it. Um, favorite Nerd. jokes are <laughs> yes, fucking dork. <laughs> uh, yeah, I made no. a list of everything that I found funny. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alex. I watch Modern Family. Uh, yeah, I do. You, know. <laughs> you admit it. Top ten jokes from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Number ten. This is Watch Mojo. Hi, yeah, um, I was gonna say hi. Welcome back to WatchMojo.com. Uh. Top 10 they, know anime you, they know you've been there before. before. Uh, uh, one of them, uh, the I'll be quieter <laughs> when Scott forgets he has a girlfriend. He's like, is your girlfriend distracting you? It's like, my girlfriend. Oh, and yeah. Is just in the corner. like, I'll be quieter. Um, when he's at the party, he was like, hey, Cuomo, do you know a girl with hair like this? And he just holds up like the world's worst drawing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and immediately he was like, yeah, that's where I'm going to and then when they're at the Lucas Lee uh, film shooting and he's about to fight all of those stunt doubles and then Wallace just comes out of the side and he's like, hey, uh, ask him how he feels to get all of his sloppy seconds. <laughs> and then like Scott's like, how does it feel? And then he just gets immediately hit in the face with a skateboard. <laughs> I think uh, Chris Evans' character is really funny in this. Also, and it's mainly just because he's doing that weird face the entire time. It's like his eyebrows raised, but he's like kind of scowling at the same time. He's doing the Mark from Midsummer face the entire time. Whereas uh, his eyes, eyebrows are permanently scowled. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That guy just always looks like that all the time. Yeah. Uh, No, uh, another joke is the... The is Scott here? I uh, was like, um, no, he just left he as he window. jumps out the window. Everybody knows that. Every yeah, I'm on Twitter too. Um, the what's the the when um he gets attacked by the lesbian ex and she's like, uh, she like quotes some like weird accent thing and he's like, what's that from? And she's like, my brain. <laughs> so like, whenever someone says what's that from and it's original, I always just think of that. The part um, where she delivers the package to his house. And he's oh, like, that's a good bit. Yeah, and she he keeps like asking her out. And she's like, "Can you just fucking sign the package, please?" <laughs> he's like, "If I do, will you go out?" And she's like, "Yes, if it lets me leave." Um, another the whole one. First w- interactions are really funny at the party too. When he's yeah, just, yeah, he, where he, he like, that, like that shows the anxiety that he feels, where he completely is oblivious around knives, but then I, yeah. loses it when he's around Ramona. Like the, I think it's where the package scene where he's like, "Do you remember me?" And she's like, "You're the guy that won't stop shutting up about Pac Man, right?" And he's like, "No, nah, it must have been some other guy." <laughs> um. There was uh, the when they're at band practice and Steven screams just like we need stalkers and then he like throws his hand away from the window <laughs> and it zooms in and Knives is just crying in the window watching them. <laughs> um, uh, favorite joke was uh, when they're at the bar and he's trying to get out of a situation and like that like mental wheel comes up in his head and it stops between um 
um oh her and i have to pee and then he when it's when he says it it stops in the middle of those and he says i need to pee on her and then he runs away (laughs) (laughs) i didn't explain that well you can't really explain it you have to watch it um don't come after me um and then finally when they were like walking at the bar and uh ramona (laughs) asks him was like well what about knives and scott's like oh knives is fine and then in the background you can just hear her going like no I don't think I remember that one. This was either. an effective use of three minutes. On it's my probably part. on the extended edition. <laughs> no, dude, you, it's it's really short. It's I'm on, just it's making fun of you. I'm just making fun of you, Ben. You've been going. You've said like thirty jokes. <laughs> well, yeah, because I watched this thirteen the whole times movie and I pick everybody. it up every time. <laughs> um, before I'm we sure get the in, listeners loved me reciting the jokes. And before we get into negatives, we've been going for about forty five minutes on this review, and I don't think Ben's ever been this active on any episode we've ever done. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> this is the only one where you actually seem like you're excited to be here, and it's really funny to watch. I'm excited to be here. I am too, but Ben Thanks, never like Ben like the Oscar episode. Ben's like, yeah, I guess I'll take I guess I'll take Chadwick Boseman in the fall fo- and Mar- I'm, I'm rejuvenated after after uh, all these Oscar picks, man. Obviously, this is a we we record this on video chat, and this is only an audio podcast. But what the listeners don't see is me going on a tangent and Ben just going like this the whole time because he wants to get done as fast as possible. Or he's just <laughs> telling me to speed up. <laughs> all right, those are those are a ben. lot of times. Those are on school nights. We got a Friday night tonight. Yeah, joking, making fun of Ben aside. Uh, do you guys have any negatives? I. But I'm kind of yeah. Jake, go ahead. Yeah. I do not like I. That there's nothing about this movie where I was like, wow, that sucked. Uh, nitpicks, I would have given Brie Larson a little more screen time, uh, however it fit into the story, just because, I mean, Brie Good Larson character. probably ended up having the most successful career out of anyone in this film. Uh, uh, I would Chris say. Evans, dude. Chris Evans. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Chris Evans. Um, Brandon Routh, dude. CW. Uh, Brandon Routh was, uh, played a gay porn star in Zack and Mary make a porno. But yeah, you, give Brie Larson a little more screen time. Uh, that's literally that. That's about it. I I mean, the movie could probably be longer for me because <laughs> it's that much fun. Like if they wanted to add a little extra something at the end, I don't think I would have minded just because I enjoyed the movie that much. I can't but, believe we forgot to mention it at the beginning of the episode, but. Uh, another coincidental thing is that Edgar Wright and AMC theaters re-released the film with a whole new sound mix and like a different um, mm-hmm. quality, like, and they're re-releasing it in AMC theaters this week, which is really coincidental, but that's also something. Um, I kind of disagree with you, Jake. I think the movie is a perfect runtime is an hour 52. No, I, I, think, the movie, I, I think the movie was perfect, but I guess I wouldn't have complained if it was longer. I think the movie's so fast paced that like number one, it doesn't feel like two hours. Number two, they fit in so much where they fit in like two and a half hours worth of movie in just under two hours. I think it's perfect. Um, so I guess that's all I uh Ben, do you have any negatives? Believe okay. it or not, I do. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm kinda interested. After watching this movie over ten times, um yeah. I mean, I pick up on some negatives and naturally, because I try to be cynical and stay true to giving everything reasonable doubt. Uh, yeah, um, I think that the door part, because there are lots of times where they go through like floating doors. Um, I think it's sort of a neat visual. I don't know if it's supposed to rarely represent anything besides them just moving to a different part of their relationship. But whenever there are doors and there's sort of that drifting off sequence to opening them, it's just like, meh personally doesn't always hit 
Um, it's not really a negative on the rest of the film, but I mean, a little bit, actually. I just love the first act so much. I could watch an entire movie of just whip crack dialogue and insane editing of just normal people hanging around and talking and having relationship drama because that's amazing. As much as I like the other two acts and the fighting, I mean, honestly, the first act is so good that I don't think the rest doesn't necessarily live up to it or keep the exact same pace in my mind personally. Um, it just doesn't keep that exact pace. So like, I don't know the next two acts kind of are overshadowed by the first, in my opinion. And uh, last negative, uh, the black sheep, black sheep song wasn't played in full. They cut it off after one verse and one half of the chorus. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Is that just the way they edited the movie or like, cause I, cause I, it's the full things on YouTube and I was watching, I was like, cause I remember watching that's a fan, it. That's like, a fan edit on YouTube. Which it's really good. So I wish they would have played the whole thing. Um, Alex, did you have any negatives? But he already said not really. Well, uh, uh, so actually it might be a little bit of a nitpick. It is really fast paced at times. Um, to the point where like, you kind of like, it's kind of hard to like, remember everyone's name like i have no idea what chris evans name was in this i don't know what uh well, i guess his name was todd so i know that but you watched um, it like an hour ago <laughs> yeah like i i don't know i think it's kind of i think it's kind of fast-paced where like sometimes they'll throw a lot at you and it's hard to pick up everything um i don't think it necessarily takes so much away for the movie it just kind of gets to be a bit much i think um it's not a huge negative like I said, it doesn't take away anything. Um, like Ben said, I wish they would have played the full Black Sheep song because it is that good. I wish they would make it available on Spotify or something so I can listen to it when I'm driving. They have um, the metric version on Spotify, which is good. I mean, personally, I like the metric version too a lot. Is that still Brie Larson singing it? That's, no, that's the original band who wrote the song. Yeah, I've heard the original one. I like the Brie Larson version better. Oh, shout out, shout out metric. <laughs> um, yeah, there's not a whole lot. Um, like I said, I think I think honestly the funniest parts are when it gets really fast and it slows down for comedic effect. Really, like I think like as yeah. like a long shot that doesn't need to be there. I think that's really funny. Um, yeah, like I said, there's a lot to like about this movie. That being said, it's gonna take me a couple rewatches before I put it, before I know where it stands on my all time list. Sorry, Ben, um, <laughs> hasn't cracked the top five yet, but I did really enjoy it. So yeah, let me when I tell you Wait. I'm watching Top <laughs> for the third time. Let me know. Ask me, ask me what I think where it ranks all time. So. Since we only reference two movies on this podcast, uh, didn't La La Land crack your top five like the first time you watched it? It did, but that speaks to how much I loved La La Land. That's fair. That's also fair. And I lo- I like um, this movie a lot. It's going to take a couple times. Um, I'm trying uh, to yeah. Can we get into ratings? Yeah, this is has been a 50-minute ra- I don't think we've done <laughs> this long on a review ever. Um, yeah, so let's get into ratings. Uh I'll go first. I'll give it a nine out of ten. I liked it. Might break ten out of ten. Don't know. I gotta watch it a couple more times. Um, uh oh. Jakob. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a nine out of ten. Come at me, Ben. Yeah, I, I know that pisses you off. Yeah, I'll give it a nine. Uh I thought it was really enjoyable. I loved it. Um easily Oh piss baby, think you're so tough. Easily okay. one of my most enjoyable films out there. Uh top five most fun, top five funny. Uh, just overall, <laughs> real five funny. Put that on the bli- <laughs> put that put that on the Blu-ray. <laughs> top, top five, five funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> top five, top five Michael Sarah movie easily. Top, Scott top Pilgrim, funny. top five funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my final parting thought about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is: What are all those clowns doing there? Those aren't clowns, Grum. That's Scott Pilgrim. 
All right, there you go, Ben. You really, you really reached, really, really dug deep for that reference. Um, yeah. Um, another uh, quick joke that I thought was funny. Um, when Ramona's in the bathroom washing her hands, and then she like looks over, and like Knives is just standing there with half of her hair blue, and just says, "Hey, Ramona." Oh. She's, like, <laughs> she's like, "Hey," and then Knives walks away, and she's just like, "What the hell?" <laughs> the bit where Ramona she's has dressed no idea. exactly like her and half blue hair. The the bit where Ramona has no idea who Knives is is very funny. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I love this film um so much about it um i adore edgar wright style all of the characters are insane they have so much depth to them especially after rewatching it um the actors all knock it out of the park um editing all of the technical stuff is brilliant um the pop culture stuff all hits so hard and honestly i was gonna hold out i planned on holding out because i wanted to be more critical with my ratings and leave like tens to like the absolute tens, even though this is my favorite movie. Um, I'd only like have La La Land be a 10. And personally, I wanted to hold out um, and stay true to it and not say that just because it's my favorite, that it doesn't deserve to be a 10, but you know what? Screw it. I don't care. Um, I changed my mind. It's a 10 out of 10. I was planning on a 9 out of 10 all week, but um, Jake talking about how it was going to piss me off if it was a 9, I felt like I had to justify myself. Man's lost sleep over his Turbo Team rating. Hey, yo. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> uh, you know, Ben, there's nothing wrong with having your top five movies all be 10s, right? You don't need uh, to be no, no. You know, what, was <laughs> gave, what was the movie you gave a 6? I need to be it? cynical. Was it Judas and the Black Messiah you gave a 6? That I gave a 6? Yeah. It was Nomadland. Oh yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I need to I need to rewatch it. I, 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 I didn't give it that I didn't give it that focused of a watch if I'm being honest. When you really watch it, it's incredible. I uh, apologize for saying fuck you earlier, but I would just add uh I think everyone worked hard on every movie, so everyone deserves a ten out of ten. Uh, Get out. So now we are gonna transition into our final segment of the night, which is what we watched. <laughs> In April, and I don't know why I said it like segment, but uh, I just did. Always say it like segment. <laughs> segment. Uh, that sounds like segment. a really terrible Pokemon. Uh, is what we watched in the month of April. And today's April 30th. We made it. Uh, so if you watch anything between now and midnight, uh, it's, not making the, it's not making the cut. So, Alex, we're going to cut to Dang you first it. for what you watched in April. Uh, yeah, so I watch stuff in April, like we all That's do. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I watch everything we watch for the podcast, obviously. Um, and then I watched, so I, I, I watched How I Met Your Mother, I haven't watched it in a while. I really like the show. I think it's one of those where, yeah, it is a net, network comedy, but there's just a little bit in it for everybody. Um, biggest takeaway from that, uh, uh, Neil Patrick Harris plays a very convincing straight man. Um, so. That's about it. For you, just, that. you just pretend to like Barstool a lot. Barstool puts out some good content. That's all I'm, gonna say. <laughs> I, uh, I not, I'm not a super that. fan, but they put out some good content. <laughs> I struck a nerve with that. <laughs> I, I like, I'm, I'm not a Dave Portnoy hard on, but there's some good stuff Barstool puts out. I will admit that. Anyway, this isn't a Barstool podcast. I thought podcast. they used too many onions, <laughs> but it was still a very good sauce. Good sauce. Oh, um, a- Alex, Saturdays are for the boys, Powell. Shut up. I also watched a fellow Macaulay Culkin brother movie or show in succession. 
Uh, I think I'm on episode five, maybe six. Of season gotta, one? Yeah, I got to power through it. I watched like four in a row. I enjoyed it, but I haven't watched. I only watched like one and a half since. Um, it's 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 good, but I haven't fully gotten into like Barry hooked me right away. Succession hasn't done that yet. I bet it does. I have heard nothing but good things. I do enjoy it. It kind of drags at first when you first started watching it. That could I do. I wasn't really into the Sopranos at first either. It took me a while to get hooked on that. But once I really started paying attention to watching it, I got hooked. I, I assume Succession is going to be the same thing. Might take a little bit while. Um, speaking of Neil Patrick Harris and playing a straight guy, watch Gone Girl yeah. again. Fantastic movie. Whoa, Love why? it. <laughs> There's an edit on. Shut up. TikTok, uh, uh, <laughs> where they played a slowed down version of um, slowed and reverbed. Shut up! No, they played <laughs> they played a slowed down version of uh, for the first time by Mac DeMarco, and it fits really well. Um, so that inspired me to watch it again, and I watched it. I oh love the movie. Everything about it's so good. It's peak David Fincher. The perfect. It's Fincher perfection. No, it's no. A, I love the movie. Social Network is peak Fincher. Well, I think Zodiac. Social Network and uh, Gone Girl. That's peak Fincher. All, right, all three. All right. Anyway, you have to movies. pick one. Great movie. Biggest takeaway: I think Ben Affleck. Say what you want about the guy. He has one of the most perfect noses I've ever seen. Kind of weird to say about another guy, but big fan of Ben Affleck's <laughs> nose and his back tattoo. Fellas, is it is it gay to appreciate another man's nose? Animated Max Cleveland hates this movie. That that's all I have to say. Okay, Max Cleveland is banned from the podcast forever. None of us speak to him again. How can you hate this movie? Well, none of us are going to be watching the Sonic well, movie anytime well, soon, so I don't think we have to worry about having Max <laughs> on the podcast. I, I, I told him that there was like one disturbing scene, and then it was like after he slept with one of his students, and he was like, is that the one? I'm like, eh, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> no. It's a disturbing scene. When she slices Patrick Neil Patrick's Okay, face. that's what I thought, but I didn't yeah. know if we were thinking about it. That's not too dis- Wait, so he was like, he was scared of it? He was scared out scared after out. seeing that? <laughs> All right, <laughs> what else do you watch, Alex? All right, uh, I watched Crazy Stupid Love again. Just something to watch. Good movie. Speaking of comedy, is it like... Ryan Gosling. Yeah, speaking of comedies that kind of are good every time we watch it, that movie is really funny. Actually, and I, don't- I actually about brought that up when talking about Scott Pilgrim. It's like it's one of those where on the certain like when you look at it, you're like, oh, this is just some stupid, you know, money grab comedy with a, a decent cast. No, it's genuinely funny. Um, uh, Michael Scott or not Michael Scott. Um, what's his name? What's his name? <laughs> you you name? literally just what, said, what's his name? What's his name? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Steve Carell is really good. Grew from Despicable Me. He's perfect. He's, he's just Steve Carell. He's so funny in it. Oh, shut up! Stop laughing. <laughs> Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Dude, Michael Scott was so funny in Anchorman. Dude, Michael Scott was so amazing in the big show. Oh my god. I'll end right here. Um no, Steve Perel is really funny in this. Um I think that's I think he kind of plays the same character in all of his comedies, but in this way I think it works. Okay. <laughs> I watched another Steve Carell movie this month, and that movie was uh, Beautiful Boys, starring him and Timothy Chalamet. Ooh. On a serious note. Good soundtrack. Good soundtrack. The movie has flaws. There's no denying that. It romanticizes drug use in a way. Nice. Um, in a bad way. Um, uh-huh. But also, 
it's hard to see Steve Carell in a very, very like you've seen him in a serious role in like Foxcatcher or The Big Short. What 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 non serious roles do you see him in, Alex? Crazy Stupid Love. Um, what are some other ones? Shut up, Ben. <laughs> uh, uh, Four year old virgin asshole. Um, Keep going. Keep but going. this is very very like there's very little comedy in this movie, and this is very serious. Steve Carell, and there's scenes where he's yelling, and literally all I could hear was. Michael Scott, yeah. <laughs> he said it again. No, but this is serious this time. Like when he held in this movie, and I'm like, I know he's serious, but all I hear is just like, I declare bankruptcy and stuff like that. You know, um, he quoted it too. But Beautiful Boy is a really good movie. I think I wouldn't highly suggest everybody watch it. I think there's definitely a lot of people that would really like it and enjoy a lot of it, but. It does romanticize drug use, and I think that's not a good thing. I don't think they intentionally did that. It just happened. Um, but it was a good just movie. Like Timothy Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet's really good in this, too. Um, I, I like Timothy Chalamet a lot, actually. I need to see Call by Your Name. Say what you want about that take. But um, I really like Timothy Chalamet. He's really good in this movie. Steve Carell is really good in this movie. I forgot who the wife is. Maybe it's like his ex-wife or something. But there's someone else in this movie that's really good. Um, is it Pam Halbert? <laughs> Who is she? I think it's actually the sister in. Oh no! Have you guys seen Booksmart? Uh, no. Oh. I know it. All right, never mind. She played. Do you know the main characters in it? It's it's the yeah. it's not Jonah Hill's sister. It's the other one. She plays like the love interest in this. Anyway, um, really good oh. movie. Watch it if you want. I, I'll recommend it to uh, most people. Anyway, um, actually, the first thing I watched this month, which who is last, wouldn't you recommend it to? Uh, people who struggle with drug use. Oh, okay. Um, but actually the first thing I watched this month is the last on the list. And that is, um, into the wild. Ben, I know you watched this a couple months ago. Let's I really, it, I really enjoyed it again. Like beautiful boy. It, oh there God. is flaws in the movie. Um, there's no it's denying flawed. that. It's not amazing. The real story is kind of flawed in a way where, um, I, the Alexander super tramp. I forgot his real name, but like, <laughs> like if you really research the true story, like, there's things he did wrong, and it ultimately led to his own death. Um, which well, you feel yeah, bad I about, mean, but like you can't you can't really see him as this hero. Also, like there's this idea that maybe he's just this kid that grew up with everything, and he thinks he's being deep, and so he, you know, sells everything and moves to Alaska and ends up costing him his life. Anyway, don't be fucking weird about it because it's a good movie. Um, it inspired like I made me want to go camping, you know, or whatever. <laughs> go move to a cabin in the middle of Montana or Alaska or whatever, and just do me. Um, camping <laughs> when you said i made me want to go camping i just pictured you struggling to put up a tent Ted, with sheets up, in your lawn tent, and then just giving up and going in that, back at 1 a.m hey hey is this the i know what you mean is this turbo time or is this make fun of alex hour that made me it feels like a lot of bladder made me think of my house. <laughs> this happened this happened last time we did what that you made me think of my anyway. house on project graduation hey ben what are you gonna go do right now i don't know i might go camping later yeah, what are we gonna do later, Ben? I said that. Over the public. Close. No, we'll tell you, we'll tell you when we're done. Um, um but yeah, that's all I watched this movie. Into the Wild was really good. I, I suggest a lot of people watch it. Not saying it's a perfect film, a lot of flaws, but very enjoyable, very inspiring in a way. So Eddie Vedder the movie. Huh? Eddie Vedder the movie. He does Yeah, that. yeah. No, yeah, Eddie Vedder does a soundtrack for it. Easily the funniest thing <laughs> in the entire movie. Like, oh, you think it's funny all... that he you think it's funny. We're my baby. Okay. Eddie Vedder does that. You're laughing. Eddie Vedder singing his heart out, and you're laughing. You're laughing. Ben, what'd you watch? Uh, I didn't watch 
anything this uh, month. I watched two things right, Jake, like, at you the beginning. Uh, yeah, make make fun of it if you will. Uh, I watched Brokeback Mountain. Nice. Um, that was actually really good. Um, uh, the middle school jokes grew old, but yeah, actually the Iron movies Man, like <laughs> it's the sequel. <laughs> um, but no, like it's really good. The soundtrack is amazing. Like I was listening to the score all week. Um, and yeah, like the performances are insane and it says a lot about loneliness and finding, I don't know, companionship where you wouldn't exactly expect it. Um, Moonlight, um, shout out Nathan Madden, Maglions. Um, I don't know why <laughs> he always just talks about Moonlight for no generic reason. Um, before you go on, I have a couple things about that. Number one, did he acknowledge that we just named an award after him with no reason? He did. His question was, did you name that before or after I cut my hair? <laughs> <laughs> shout out name magic man friend of the program actually a probably good, a probably joke. the literal super fan of the turbo team podcast which is funny because uh, he's very critical sometimes and the runner-ups are my parents okay yeah shout out the neesons uh eric and kim big fans um thanks for letting us use your basement when we record in person uh wouldn't be here without you Anyway, second thing, Ben, did you agree with that list that I sent in the group chat a couple ranking every best picture um, winner since the Oscars were started? Did you agree with the Moonlight's the best out of all of them? I didn't I didn't even read through it. It said Moonlight was the best. It said Moonlight's the best best picture winner ever. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> dang. Um, no, I wouldn't. Knee jerk reaction. No, I wouldn't. Well, personally, that's because it beat out La La Land, and that's unforgivable. Uh, but, I mean, Moonlight like- de- my, Moonlight's yeah. definitely good, and it's pretty tragic throughout. And it deals a lot with, like, it's super strong with the blues idiom by Albert Murray. I think it's very synonymous and linear to that whole theory, but... I think that uh, yeah, I, did, I don't I don't get that. I don't get that. The premise of it's really interesting to us. Uh, uh, a homosexual black man growing up in an environment that's very not accepting of that. I think it's really. Have interesting. Have you watched it? I haven't. I need to. I love Mahershala. I need Ali, to watch it. So too. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll really. He's only like in the first act, so it'll save you some time. Doesn't matter. I still like him. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm still. Yeah, I think number two on that list was like *Inglorious Bastards* or something like that. But we can, we can <laughs> dude. That list that. is awful. That list is terrible. Let me find *Inglorious Bastards* was keep, second. Yeah, keep telling. I'm gonna look up the list. I'll I'll read off the top five. Keep reading. Well, we still have to get to Jake after this. Um, yeah, no, keep reading. Uh, I'll pull it up. And we can by by proximity, by proxy, um, my roommate started watching *Trailer Park Boys*, and I've always seen that as something that I'd never be interested in, or I wouldn't necessarily get. I kind of saw it as just like I don't know, like white white trash humor, kind of. Like no, no offense or whatever, but I mean, uh, it's the best kind of white trash humor. It's Canadian white trash humor. Um, it's actually pretty good. Like I'm surprised how much I actually kind of like it. I mean, some of it doesn't necessarily hit. I think that some bits run cold pretty fast, but it's actually pretty good. And I never expect I'd like it as much as I do, even though I'm only watching it in passing and it's never something that I'd watch for myself, but yeah. Um, and also last night I watched, a stay starring Ewan McGregor, Ryan Gosling and Naomi Watts. It's super good movie. It completely bombed at the box office and it's kind of unknown, but Ewan McGregor and Ryan Gosling absolutely kill it. Um, It's about like a suicidal college student and a psychologist. And then like lots of freaky um, reality bending stuff happens. And it's, it's an insane watch. And once it all ties together at the end, it kind of blows your mind. And 
I'd recommend it to anyone. It's super good. Have you guys heard of that at I all? I haven't. Oh, I'm, I'm, what's it called again? Stay. What? Stay? Stay? Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super good. You guys should watch it. I, I, what's it on? Hulu, Netflix? Uh, I, I have the DVD. Of course. So, I mean. <laughs> what else you watch, Ben? That was it. That was it. So, I had a I, busy month. It's gonna. I'm gonna have a lot more for my what to watches for the next couple. So months. This, month, um, this month, I hung out with Brock Elbert and Joe Minky quite a bit, and I watched <laughs> Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, <laughs> Thor, Captain America: The First Avenger, The Avengers, Iron Man Three, Thor: The Dark World, Captain America: Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, Ant Man, Captain America: Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Spider Man: Homecoming. <laughs> Or Ragnarok, Black Panther, Rest in Peace, Chadwick, Avengers, Infinity War, Wonder Forever, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and Spider Man Far From Home. And that was all. Dude, you, please, you just read please, off the list. Please There's say no way psych. you read that. You watched please all say it's a, you just, it's a bit. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, no. The, the sad thing is, is that I believed you because I know you've been down this month and down bad this month, and nothing is more down bad than that. Uh, no, but <laughs> this month I watched. Uh, the first thing I watched was Brokeback Mountain. Uh, I already mm. talked about it. Really good. I wanted to punch. I wanted to punch Jake Gyllenhaal in the face. Uh, I, Don't spoil yeah. it. I haven't seen it. He's a. Snob. I, I knew the movie that I was expecting, but it still kind of was jarring and just. It's not what you, it's not what you expect. Yeah, I, now you go not. in think you go in thinking gay, and you come out thinking that was pretty good. Yeah. I go in thinking gay, and then I come out thinking gay. Uh, <laughs> I also watched Prisoners, Paul Dano. Uh, Great movie. So good. I, I just love it. Those comments might have been insensitive. I didn't mean it that way. Okay, yeah, continue, we, it's not offensive. It was. It's, we're not trying to be insensitive. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay. The Turbo Podcast supports all love. Uh, I also watched The Irishman. Uh, we did all we could for the man. Uh, very good. What'd you we, think of it? What'd you think? Very good. Very I... I personally enjoyed it. I didn't really mind the length. Um, really, but I think Pause. I think knowing <laughs> I think knowing that like the entire story was fabricated takes away from the experience a little bit. But also at the same time, it's just Martin Scorsese making a movie off of what he thought was a true story. Uh, getting to see De Niro and Pesci and Al Pacino in more roles uh, or in one last role with Scorsese was incredible. Uh, I thought it was really enjoyable. Um, not up there with Goodfellas, but I, I'd say it's pretty comparable f- to Casino for me, just because Al Pacino was like insanely good in this. Like Oscar, yeah. he won an Oscar. Uh, Did he win an Oscar for? Yeah, him? I think he won best no. male supporting. supporting? I, I'm sure. Uh, really? Um, the story wasn't fabricated. It's just probably not true. The guy, the main character De Niro plays, has lied about the story a yeah. lot, or like he like his stories don't match up. It's like confirmed like to not be true. Yeah. Oh no, they were just they're just nominated. He didn't okay. win anything. Uh I also watched Dazed and Confused. This was one night where we got done with the podcast. I think we got done recording the another round episode at like eleven forty five. And I didn't want to go to bed, but I also didn't want to like watch a movie that I was gonna have to think a lot about or uh really like stay awake for. And I watched this movie for the first time and it was so good. Like the every single performance in this movie, especially Matthew McConaughey, who was literally just thrown on set last minute because um, the director met him in a film class and just said, hey, you should come here. And his first ever scene ever in a movie was just all right, all right, all right. And like that was 
like that was the start of his career. So the story behind it's cool. And it's just like a, it's just a fun movie. Uh, that's very nostalgic, uh, pretty quotable and just fun overall to watch. Uh, I watched, uh, what's that on before you go? Uh, prime video, prime video. Uh, and then I watched the first two Lord of the Rings. I didn't get to the third one. Uh, I'm that pretty good. The first time I've watched them since I was like nine or 10 years old, uh, really good. But I decided that I was watching too many movies and not doing enough homework. So I never got to the third, but I plan on doing that probably one day in May. Uh, yeah. (laughs) And then I also watched pretty much all of freaks and geeks. I watched like the first four episodes before, I got COVID like over like stretched out over a couple of weeks. And then I watched the entire first season in like a span of three days. The first day, the first uh, few days I had COVID and I actually so good. like it's, it it's probably my top five favorite shows. It's nearly perfect. It's a crime. Wow. It wasn't renewed. Yeah. It, it's an absolute uh, crime. I actually lied at the beginning of today's episode. I said, I based my personal personality around Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I actually based my personality off of Bill. Oh my gosh. And did you know Bill is actually in John Alder showed me this. Bill's like the teacher in Spider-Man. Yeah, in Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. he's also in like he's also in um community actually. He's in a lot. Oh, he is. He is in community. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that Freaks and Geeks is so good. Uh it's almost flawless in my opinion. That that's how good it is. It, 100% on run. And today. Lisa Cardinelli is Gorgeous. Your, your your dream girl is is your Ramona Flowers. But yeah, that that's what I watched in. Oh, and I showed one of my buddies. I think should leave the other night. Uh, oh my god, did he light up when he saw it? He that only me. took an hour and I didn't show minutes. him everything. I showed him probably forty five minutes worth of clips on YouTube. Uh, I don't know why we didn't just pull up Netflix, but he's he's one of my friends that shares like an identical sense of humor to me and he graduates tomorrow. So it was my last chance to, to show it to him. So show him before uh, uh, but it never, just, yeah, most, most people throw huge parties before they graduate. Jake shows his friends. I think you should leave. <laughs> Speaking of which I watched an interview with Tim Robinson. His favorite sketch is laser spine specialists where it's like, <laughs> it's specifically the part where they're in the studio yelling at Connor O'Malley. He's like, no more scamming adults into thinking they're stars. That specifically is his favorite part. He said, yeah, he said there's a whole scene where they cut out where the old guy from the, like, you have to marry your mother-in-law. Like he comes in and he gets scammed oh, by the same guy. I um, wish that the, I, I watched that skit again. It's so funny, dude. The, it's one of the one of the top five one of the top three line de- deliveries in the show is just the now I can finally beat up my wife's new husband Danny Krause. Yeah, it's like thanks to Laser Spine Specialist, like can I can I find my wife's new husband Danny Krause and just cut them like looking out the window. All right, we, that's uh, one of the best. We could talk about. I think you should leave for an entire for an entire episode. So before we go, I have the I have the list of top Oscar nominees. I'm gonna quickly read them. Top, go, top, do the go, top 10. go to top 10. Top 10. Number 10, Hurt Locker. Locker, 2009. Haven't seen it. Hurt, it's good. Number 9, Lawrence of Arabia, 1962. Classic. Number 8, Casablanca. Casablanca. Classic. Number 7, The Apartment. Never heard of it until I read this list. Uh, number 6, The Godfather. I would probably agree with that. Um, number 5, Godfather Part 2. I definitely agree with that. Number 4, Rebecca. Never heard of it. Number 3, The French Connection. Heard of it. Heard it's good. Haven't seen it. Number 2, Parasite. Really? Number three. Or number this, one. The recency bias of this 
list. Yeah, number Putting one, Hurt Locker at ten. Number one, really? Moonlight. I haven't seen the Hurt Locker. Shout Hurt out, Locker is definitely not a ten. Shout out the uh, the Hawkeye at what's that guy's real name? Um, Anthony Mackey. No, Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner. Um, Jeremy Renner. Shout out Jeremy Renner. He's in that movie. Isn't shout he? out! Shout out Michael Scott. Also on an app. Shout out Michael Scott. This has been uh. The, the Turbo Team Podcast, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been one of the most fun episodes we've done in a while. Uh, that I'm ben was into it. Also, we acknowledge the Oscars happened. Um, Shockers, Mank for cinematography, Anthony Not Hawkins for, for best lead. So that's about it. That's our Oscar review. All right. Take us away, Jake Brand. This has been the Turbo Team Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. Our social medias are linked in the bio. Follow us on Twitter at the Turbo Team Pod. You can listen to all episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform where podcasts are listened to. Thank you for listening.